You are listening to your new puppies podcast, starting you and your dog off on the right paw. Here's your host, Debbie Salento. Hello and welcome. I'm Debbie and you're listening to episode 16 of your new puppies podcast. Today, we're going to talk about preventative training and how it can be your best tool when you bring a new puppy home. So it was Benjamin Franklin who said, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. And this is so true when you bring home a new puppy. I think we can all agree that it's easier for a behavior to just never start than have to correct it later. So this episode is going to be more big picture. I'm going to talk about the concept of preventative training, give some examples, and then hopefully you can take those, that idea, and bring it to your own household and your puppy. So what exactly is preventative training? In the simplest terms, it's stopping a behavior before it even starts. This isn't foolproof by any means. But hopefully we can minimize the behaviors we may have to work on later or manage later. Okay, so what do I mean? What do you mean you stop a behavior before it starts? So I touched a little bit on this in episode eight when I talked about how to get your dog to stop jumping. If the day we bring our puppy home and we're super diligent and we never ever let them jump up or we don't give them the the attention when they jump up then it's something that they'll never think to do once they're an adult. Now, this is easier said than done, I know, because jumping, like most behaviors, is easy to kind of let it go when they're small and they're cute, and all we want to do is hold them and cuddle them and they're new. But once they grow up, once they're bigger, once you know, a small child comes over or grandma comes over, this now dog isn't going to know the difference and they're still going to jump up and try to get that attention because it's what they've they've always done. And now all of a sudden we're stuck trying to break them of this habit, of this behavior. Another really common and very important form of preventative training is socialization. If you've talked to any trainer, you're gonna they're going to talk to you about socializing your puppy. When we socialize our puppy, we're exposing them to all different things and places and dogs and textures being handled because we want to get them exposed and used to as many things as possible. So as they grow up, when they encounter these things, they don't become scared of them. They don't, they already know how to react to them. Think about it. If you have a dog who's never been exposed to a bicycle and all of a sudden they're two years old and they see one for the first time and it goes zooming by, that's where you're going to get that dog who's either scared of it and runs away or chases after it because they don't know what it is. So to prevent that from happening, we expose them to things very early on. Also, when we puppy-proof our house, when we keep things clean, keep things up off the floor when our dogs are young because we don't want them to grab things and chew things, that's another form of preventive behavior because if they never find that really tasty remote control and learn how much fun it is to chew on it, then hopefully as they get older and they get out of that exploring and chewing age, that won't be the thing they run to and chew on and play with because they've seen it uh, They've seen it before and they're like, oh, I remember that. That was super fun. 
So on the one hand, this seems really easy. Just never let them do it and they'll never try to do it. But on the other hand, it's super hard because we have to think about the future. And I'm going to give you some questions to kind of ask yourself when you're thinking about, okay, you know, how do I apply this concept of preventive training? Um, You have to think about the future. You have to think about, you have to be very consistent and hardest of all, you have to get the whole family on one page because the best way to implement preventive training to stop behaviors before they even start is to have some clear house rules that everybody follows so the dog knows what he should and shouldn't be doing. When it comes down to it, dogs typically do what works for them. So the behaviors are usually linked to getting food, getting attention, even if it's negative attention. So our tendency is to, when they're young puppies, is to kind of let things go. They're small, they're cute. Sometimes we don't even realize these behaviors are are happening. And then later on, all of a sudden, we, we try to tighten up the rules. You know, they're bigger, they're getting into things, they're starting to run out the front door, they hit their teenage years, so they start to push boundaries, and all of a sudden, we want to tighten up all the rules. Well, really, we should be doing it the opposite. If we start with some with strict little rules, and then later on loosen up, right? So if we want to say a dog is never allowed on the couch, so we teach the dog they are never allowed on the couch. And then later on, maybe we start to teach them that they can come up when they're invited up, or maybe they're only allowed on a certain couch. And we can start to work that in. But we want to start, we want to err on the side of caution. You know, and again, this isn't easy. Even in my own household, whenever I have an apple, I share it with my dog, Mariah. And I never really thought about it because it's an apple and it's good for her. And so why not? I can give her some as I'm eating my own. But now I cannot even take an apple out of the fridge without her underneath my feet and literally like nudging me with her nose as I'm cutting my apple up and forget it. I can't even like walk around the house. If I'm on the couch, she's like trying to climb in my lap to get to my apple. So of course she's going to beg for it because I've always given it to her. So that's another great example is a dog begging for food is kind of annoying. But if we never give our dogs food from our plates or when we're eating and they only get, say, food in their dish, they're never going to think to beg because it's something that's never worked for them, especially when you have guests come over, say you have a little party. Do you really want your dog sitting there drooling at their feet? So we make that a strict rule that the dog only gets food in their own dish, even if you want to share an apple with them or a carrot with them, no problem, but they always get in their dish, never straight out of our hand or our plate to the dog, because then they're going to, that's where, that's where the begging starts. Because, well, if I stand here long enough, they always give me something. So they're going to start to do that and they're going to develop that habit. Okay, so how do you figure this out? How do you figure out what behaviors do I want to completely prevent? What's the puppy starting to do now that I want to just nip in the bud and just he just is never allowed to do them? So here's some questions to ask. The biggest one is, will this be appropriate in the future? So will this be appropriate, say, there's no kids in the household now, but in the future, there's going to be children. Will this be appropriate if we have guests over. Another big one is, will this be appropriate when they are full grown? Just like my jumping example, when they're small and they're cute and it's really not that annoying when they're small and they're jumping up. But once that little 10 pound puppy becomes a 60 pound dog and they're jumping up on you, it can hurt. 
They can even knock people over depending on how big, how strong they are, especially small children or somebody who's older. And then because it's something that they've done that they've always gotten attention for, it's hard to break later. Leash pulling. Leash pulling is a big one. Think about it. When they're puppies, they're not that strong. So when they're pulling on a leash, we might let it go because we might not even notice that it's happening because they're small. Sure, they're walking all over the place. They're smelling and they're pulling us over to smell something. But it's not that inconvenient for us because it's not ripping our arm out yet. And then they start to grow up. They start to get a little stronger. And all of a sudden, we're not even enjoying the walk anymore because our dog is pulling us down the street. So this is going to look different for everyone. You know, there's the common ones like the leash pulling, like the jumping, like the begging that just about every household doesn't want. Then there's things that are going to be specific to your household, like the rules about the couch or the bed. Maybe there's a room like the kitchen that you just you don't want the dogs to be in. That's specific to your household. So what I'm going to suggest is you take the questions, you take those big questions, you know, is this going to be appropriate when they're older? Is this going to be appropriate in the future? Is this going to be appropriate with children? Is this going to be appropriate with grandma? You kind of got to think big picture that way. And then think of what house rules you want to start right away. And maybe even write them down, put them up on the fridge. And like I mentioned before, the hardest part is probably going to be to get the whole entire family on one page because it might be important to mom that the dog doesn't jump, but, you know, dad thinks it's fun to come home, have the dog jump all over him and wrestle with him. You got to get on the same page so it's consistent so the dog acts that way with everybody who comes into the house. Okay, so I hope this was helpful. This is something that You know, I talk with my new puppy clients. This is the first thing I bring up and I talk with them about, especially when we're talking about the socialization. You're not going to think of everything. A year from now, it's going to, you're going to have that hindsight like, oh, we should have started this before, but that's okay. And even if there are behaviors that are starting now, nip them in the bud because the sooner you change a behavior, the easier it's going to be because the longer a behavior is happening, the harder it is to change. Not impossible, but it does get a little harder. Okay, so if you have any questions, just head on over to the show notes, playtimepause.com forward slash episode 16. I will see you there. Have a great week. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to your new puppies podcast. Learn more about us at playtimepause.com.